What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Tag. I am Christy Francesco. Kyle Barone is with me. What's going on, man? What's going on? So I told everybody, I want to say about a couple months ago that the hot tag was going on a break and I got a lot of messages saying why are you ending things I never knew breaks mean everything just ends so um, the cool thing is we are back up and running it's going to be most likely a weekly podcast which is great we're going to do things a lot differently and by that I mean we're really going to kind of change the page in terms of of how this show is going to go there are a lot of wrestling podcasts there's a lot of of different agendas that people have and that's really cool because the wrestling community is massive annoying but also super uh, beautiful to talk about so what Kyle and I were talking about was let's try to change things up a little bit so this week being the first show back we're going to just kind of catch everybody up on what's going on um, what our thoughts on things going on lately and but most likely we are going to preview what's going to be happening for the show moving forward and what we're going to be doing next week which to me is so much fun uh, Kyle brought up you know great points about AEW that was on Twitter he's going to talk about those tonight because it's still going on. Um, I still want to talk about um, how the whole world is talking about Wednesday Night Wars of less than a million viewers per show. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, but Kyle brought up a great point and I, uh, about the future of the show and I asked him for his input. And for the last 12 years of I've been doing podcasts and or radio, you know, I, I've kind of run the ship. And that's not something that is what I demand. It's just a byproduct of what's going on. And I, I reached out to Kyle one night um, since he's up on all hours mostly. And I'm usually awake. I, I have a, a, an infant and so does Kyle now where – I said, look, man, I, I want your input as much as humanly possible. It's your show as much as mine. Um, if you don't like something, you, you know, let me know. Nix it. What do you want to do that's better? Um, it's almost like, you know, when Austin would <laughs> would say to to a creative writer, I don't want to do that. Well, what do you have for me then, Steve? <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about it. So it's like we got to figure it out. Um, so what we're going to do is I, I know a lot of guys that listen to the show, they know of all the shows by Conrad Thompson, something to wrestle with, um, 83 weeks, what happened when, um, the frigging guy has a show for every day of the week now. So we decided, all right, you're getting things from a professional's point of view. Bruce Pritchard has literally been Vince McMahon's guy for 30 years. Arn Anderson is Arn Anderson. Eric Bischoff, the guy almost literally beat the hell out of Vince McMahon and put him out of business. Um, Tony Schiavone, that that shows comedy, so that's not necessarily you're learning anything. So we JR. want oh JR show, which really he has annoys that many me. Shows Jesus, Christ. yeah, it's five days a week now. Oh my god, um, I only listen to one of them. I, me too. I'm <laughs> I'm down to one because. And I've I've been very public about it. I mean, the AEW agenda is being so pushed by by Conrad, and I mean, he does a show with Arn, Shivani, and Jr. Mm -hmm. And the only show lately that's been taking a back seat has been what the WWE show. So it makes it it's been quite bothersome for me. Uh, but that's the only one I listen to too. Is I, something to wrestle. That's it. I love Bruce's input on things, mm -hmm. and I get he now works for Vince McMahon, who's a slave driver. <laughs> But uh, so like the shows have been shorter. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's really the only one I listen to. I don't yeah. have time to listen to tons of podcasts. Yeah, either. neither do I. So I stick to one. Um, but what we wanted to do is you guys hear things from those perspectives, which is cool. But 
they could also be kind of jaded towards one way because they're only going to tell you what they want to tell you. And you notice that with Bruce a lot too. We'll Absolutely. Say like Conrad will ask him about something and you're like, the fans like, no, this is what happened. And Bruce right. is like, no, we did that because it is. Like, you're fucking lying. Right. You do exactly. it to cover your ass right now. <laughs> and I get it. Right. But. And so Kyle and I decided we're going to do not the same script and the same setup as what Conrad does, but we can kind of go along those lines and give you from a fan's perspective what we were thinking at that time and how maybe things could have been done differently. Um, so I think that's a really cool idea. I think it's a fresh take because you guys don't really get that from a fan's perspective. Um, even if we're totally wrong, it doesn't matter because we're the fans. It's what we thought or what we think. Uh, and what we're going to do next week, I'm not sure if we finalize it, but we can probably do it anyway. I think we're going to do a watch along of the 2001 Royal Rumble, which is my personal favorite Royal Rumble. It is my favorite, yeah. I think it was just a badass rumble. That whole year of WWF at the time mm-hmm. was incredible. Um, so much stuff were happening. That was literally on... That was right before the biggest WrestleMania yeah, of all time. Yeah, 17, which yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. Had a great main event and everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to talk. That, that'll be next week. So that'll be a nice long one. Um, I texted a friend who, uh, I don't know why I did that. I said, hey, man, we're doing a watch along next week of the 01 Rumble. And then he started running off all these other random facts about different Rumbles. Um, I think you know exactly what it is. I love him, but it was funny. Um so okay, we're going to get started now and kind of catch everybody up about what's kind of been going on. Last night was Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was actually an okay show. It wasn't the worst thing. It was, you know, less Bobby Lashley and Lana, so I was happy about that. Uh, Kyle, your, your your thoughts on what's been going on, kind of the state of WWE, you know, Raw and SmackDown over the last two months. I mean, we're, we haven't had, I think we've had one show since the Fox, uh, since Fox took over SmackDown. Uh, what have been your thoughts on the, on the shows? Um, I haven't watched the full show as much as I have, because as you can see, I don't have any couches. I'm still waiting for them to be delivered. But, uh, there's an awesome Instagram account. Uh, I'll pull it up in a minute. Who does basically shows the whole show in like thirty second clips on his Instagram feed? Wow! So if I'm he hasn't work, been shut down yet. No, he just records <laughs> his TV, and it, oh, it's great. Um, Wrestling Omar twenty one. Hmm. If you go on there, okay, the whole show's on. There. Oh my goodness! So, I'm staring at it now. That's insanity. So I can go on when I'm at work or you know at night when my baby's sleeping and mm-hmm. I'm trying to lay to, in bed and catch up on it and catch like the highlights. Mm-hmm. So if there's crap I see I don't want to watch, I can skip right over it. But um, it it seems like they don't know where to go. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with a lot of things. The I do like the Seth Rollins heel turn mm-hmm. with uh, AOP. AOP, that's pretty cool. Uh, the Joe and Owens team, it's like it's kind of weird because they're two monster heels that they turn face just to go against Seth Rollins and them. The Big Show return was like that's kind of cool because you haven't seen him in two years, and I hope like I really hope it's this is your run towards a mania match. And then you're done because you're older. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, well, the whole time last night, I'm like, when's he going to punch Kevin Owens? <laughs> when's he going to have this heel turn that right. he's known for? You know? Right. Um, the, I think they've already 
just about ruined The Fiend. I agree. I don't get what the deal is with Vince and Bray Wyatt. Like, when the Wyatt family came up, you had this these awesome set of vignettes mm-hmm. and promos by him, and it was like, this dude's badass. He's got these two monsters behind him. You bring him in, and his two, like... The two guys he has lose all the time. Yeah. Well, Bray's not losing. But it makes his whole squad look bad. Yeah. So he was kind of buried from the door. Um, they kept kind of pushing him, but not really. So then they he goes away, comes back with his Firefly Funhouse, which was for a while the most over thing on At, TV. Hands down. It was we've had and we talked about this before, our text conversations where it's like, if one of us is busy, it's like, yo, let me know when Bray's coming. Absolutely. Out. Yep. <laughs> so then they have this awesome character. Awesome mask, awesome like entrance, and like everything about it was great. Yeah, and they throw a fucking red light on him for <laughs> some reason, which got crushed by the fans. Yeah, and then WWE Creative was like, "We're still doing it. I don't yeah. get it at all. I don't." So then they have that garbage hell in a cell with Seth, where you know he basically murders the guy. Yeah, gets disqualified, or they called it or whatever, and then. Bray pops up again, so they got to put the title on him the next time. You have to. So they put the title on him and then change the red belt, which goes with this character, because the red light and all that, to a blue one. I get it, it's on SmackDown, but it was fucking stupid. <laughs> then they get this gimmicky $6,500 hideous belt and have him carry that around. Right. Like So what, he's pushing merch now? You got this, this like, killer. Who ne- killer who a never killer. says anything. No. And you're like, here, we're trying to sell this. Fucking wear this to the ring. It was like every time he does something cool, Vince tries to overthink or like go somewhere else. And it's I don't get it. Like he should have came he should have came out with the Wyatt family and stayed undefeated. If they wanted, I'd have told you about this a while ago. If they wanted to build a monster, he should have been the one to defeat the Undertaker if the Undertaker was gonna ride off. Yep. Now you got this new, like, mysterious character who doesn't work every week, who you can have, you know, but uh, I what they've gotten into now, and this is all of professional wrestling. It's not just privy to WWE. I know the whole world, especially the internet wrestling community. It's WWE versus AEW. Look, I don't know how much you guys or how long you've been watching wrestling or if you're just really so invested in hating the WWE for literally no reason at all. The whole wrestling world is 50-50 booking. It's just the way it is. There's no... I mean, there was a, about a three or four month period where Braun Strowman was running over every single human being on Earth and then he became a legitimate laughing stock. He was dancing with the New Day. Right. He's a monster, and you got him dancing with... And he I like want, the New Day, yeah. but that's their thing. Yep. Like you got this dude that doesn't get along with anybody, mm-hmm. shucking and jiving, like, what's his name? Yeah. On on TV, it was it's ridiculous. And he goes to the biggest moment of the year, and he's winning tag titles with a referee's son. Yeah. Like I, it, the thing is, <laughs> it, it, you have these guys that are monsters, and their characters are, they write themselves. Bray Wyatt's character writes itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you had back in the day, you have Waylon Mercy, who couldn't work a lick because his body was dead, but the gimmick wrote itself. I mean, you can even say Jake the Snake wasn't a great worker. 
No. But his gimmick his wrote gimmick, itself. He sold his ass off. He, he, he could he sell did. and tell a story, but he wasn't right. like a technical guy. Yeah, and okay, and the biggest gimmick worker of all time is Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He he couldn't work a WWF. No. He, you couldn't work a technical match. I mean, in WWF, he couldn't work a technical match. Obviously, yeah. people know that he could work. Yeah, we saw that one clip with him in uh in Japan. In Japan, holy we moly, like, dude, he's fucking <laughs> selling his ass. He's working. Yeah, like, it was a great match. Yeah, and like you said, you're like, yeah, in WWF, he didn't. Have have to come out punch a guy a bunch of times get him out of ring rip your shirt off get your ass kicked right come back and pose and pose and you yeah. got paid millions of dollars to do it so why would you have a big dude like that mm-hmm. your baby face exactly work this like technical masterpiece you don't need mm-hmm. to yeah you, know, you got like you said this red light thing that that hell in a cell match single-handedly ruined two characters mm-hmm. i mean that you were getting to a point now where seth rollins was getting booed going into that match so that was a point where you kind of probably had the thought of okay at some point he's got to turn mm-hmm. you can't turn him against bray because at this point bray i, I guess is a working heel yeah. right that match completely just took i mean you talk about a double turn that was a double turn that went the complete opposite way what WWE wanted. And yeah. and I don't know. I'm not even sure. Like you said, I love that Rollins is a heel, but I'm not sure he's rebounded since nah, then. He was – and like you said, he was kind of getting booed up until that point because his character was growing stale. Yeah. And I think Seth's one of the best workers on the planet. He is. His, his, and I'm sure he has a personality, but WWE doesn't let him show it because it's such a scripted, it is bullshit, and mm-hmm. you can see he's just memorizing things to say. There's no like, no one can connect with the guy because it's like you're watching him cut these promos that are bland, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, burn it down's cool, but it's like. Uh, like I don't get where he goes with a lot of his programs as a baby face. Now he's a heel. Hopefully, they, and he has two heaters. Yeah. Hopefully, they let him you know do his thing. But like you said, it's it's fifty fifty booking. And I didn't see if they won the match last night, but they were on their heels at the end of it. Like if you remember when like the two man power trip. Absolutely. They were heels and they murdered everybody <laughs> for months. Like we don't have that heel like top heel like Triple H was yeah. where it was like the end of Raw is not this feel good go home where everyone's happy you do that after the show ends with a dark match yeah you know you see that a lot where the guy's left in the ring and then someone comes out and it's like yeah he's whoever it was just got beat well now he's gonna beat him again for the audience they can go home yeah but they're not telling good stories on TV because it's like good guys always win good guys always win yeah it's a baby face territory right yeah. now and it's a shame <laughs> because you build a company through its heels mm-hmm. you want to have somebody for the baby face to overcome mm-hmm. it's like wrestling 101 and I don't understand it's stupid to even talk about it sometimes but you have to because you don't see it you're not yeah. seeing anything it's baby face matching up with another baby face it doesn't matter you know you know who's better gotta do all that stuff who's better you know that whole, all those matches with um, with Seth versus AJ man that should have headlined a Wrestlemania that they just didn't do yeah. anything yeah. it was just a, a throwaway match mm-hmm. on a pay-per-view um, that, now, that, the other thing with the heels and some of the AEW is doing that but like we said they're doing it wrong yeah where I get why they had Jericho win the title and to like have a baby face chase him but it's been too long. Like they should have, if they were starting this new company and trying to bring eyes to their product and promote these new stars, if you're not a wrestling mark, no one knows who Kenny Omega is. Over no. Here. You know, the, the average fan, the average person doesn't know who that is. They'll look at him and be like, oh, that's Roman Reigns on a commercial. <laughs> yeah, he's that wrestler guy. But if you put Kenny Omega, they're going to be like, who is that dude? Yeah. They should have had him either 
after Jericho won on the first AEW, there's your guy. Yeah. There's the dude you build your company around, and he should have been this undefeated superstar. I get why they have Jericho in the heels that people are chasing, but mm-hmm. it's like the, it's been too long. Yeah. And I just don't think they're executing it correctly. I agree. And the other thing is, I thought they were actually killing Omega. I think he lost his first three matches yeah. on television. There's the other thing, too. They they talk about how wins and losses are going to mean something. But like, in a work they, sport. They, yeah. In a work in a, in a TV Everyone show. knows it's a work. Yeah. But it's like, now you got all these guys with, and you show their record. So if I'm a casual and I'm like, oh shit, this is a new wrestling. So I look on it and whoever's coming in the ring, it's like, they're five and four. And it's Kenny Omega. Yeah. Or even if it's anybody, you don't (laughs) know who they are, but you're like, so he's barely over 500. Yeah. And the next guy comes down and he's three and two. And you're like, why am I even going to watch this match? (laughs) Now, if you had a dude coming down, granted, you know, the whole Goldberg streak, but if someone was like 10 and one and another guy who was eight and oh, and you're like, oh shit, these guys are both on, who's going to win this? Now you kind of got an interest in it, but like, and they have, like we said, they have a ton of talent. They really do. Younger guys, but they push the older dudes and I don't understand why. Like, It's crazy to me because the, the, the number one baby face in the world right now is Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. He really is. And, you know, I understand people, and I was one of them. Uh, he just got thrusted right away into the world title scene. I get it. But to me, and this is just me then, if you're Chris Jericho, you know, you're going from – you're a WWE product. You're never going to be known as an AEW product. You are a WWE legend. Mm-hmm. You go into this brand-new upstart company. If you're going to take the heat – and I'm talking about Cody. If you're going to take the heat about, you know, pushing yourself, I would have just done it right away. I would have had Jericho put me over. Mm-hmm. Make you – know, you know, and then maybe even become that heel – Cody could have become that Hogan type. Dude, he would have been perfect for it. That's, you know, you have, he he has that ability to be that a-hole. And you can hear him when he does promos, like with radio interviews. He can talk. He's a great talker. He's a great talker. And he's a great worker too. He can work He's a very work. good worker. Come into the building. Look, you know, I'm the one that started this company. I'm the one that wants to realistically, you know, from a work standpoint, put the other guys out of business. I'm here to shake shit up. Yeah. Let me beat the guy that is the highest paid in the company. He's the one that everyone cares about is Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Then you can take the heat as, oh, you're just the boss going over. Take it and run yeah, with it. He could have been that Vince McMahon-esque where like, yeah, this is my company. I got the title. Yep. What are you going to do about it? Right. No one's going to do anything. And then he should have had these heaters, yep. the big dudes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, behind him to, as his you know cronies or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree. I think what everyone complains about WWE, if you watch an AEW show, they do the same thing. Yeah. It's the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And the production is half- as good as a yeah. WWE product. And they um, have good matches. Like They do. Um, I can watch that dude, uh, Hangman Page and uh, Pac wrestle all that. Yeah. They're so good. They have so great good. chemistry. Mm-hmm. And they always put on great matches. Yeah. But again, it's like 50-50 booking. It is. You know, it's... Yeah. Like, Bray, going back to Bray, Bray shouldn't have lost for six months. No. Six, he should have literally just run through the he roster. The first match he had with Finn, where he like, he kind of sold a little. He shouldn't even have sold. No sell. He should have been like, nope. I'm this dude, and 
like I like Finn, but he's half the size. He's a little dude. Exactly. He should have no sold everything. Beat the shit out of him. Yep. Should have been a four minute squash. Should have been, especially if they knew Finn was going to NXT. So Agreed. they should have just kicked the shit out of him. Even though I really wanted a fiend demon. Yeah. Because but we don't get what we want. No. Nah. <laughs> demon was like the most over entrance since the Undertaker, and they're like, no, nah, you get it three times in five years. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, you you look at the. the the, the fiend and the, that whole thing about you know not selling let's just go back you know it's again it goes back to the wrestling 101 the gimmick 101 Undertaker does that interview with Stone Cold Undertaker talks about when he first became the Undertaker the hardest thing for him to do was not work mm-hmm. he's like I'm this guy that does leapfrogs I do hip toss I do all this stuff as mean Mark I'm this character now and I have to realize during the match I can't sell yeah what that's a guy that's 6'10", 300 pounds and can move like a guy that's 6'5", 210. Yeah. Why can't the Fiend, who's 6'2", 275, you're t- and this character that's being built as a monster, mm-hmm. why are you selling? It's believable if you don't sell. Yeah. I You can't tell me a 12-year-old's going to – if you're geared to kids, if you're PG, which I guess in some ways you still are – you know, this 12-year-old's going to watch and like, holy crap, who is that guy? Like, mm-hmm. he's freaking the crap out of me, and he, you can't hurt him. Yeah. Now he's he's get, he's get almost, you know, getting beat by a Finn Balor who's half his size. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Bryan. He's going into a Hell in a Cell match catching 15 curb stomps. Yeah, that really, like... That so was embarrassing. It was. And it was over the top and hokey after a while. Yeah. And it's like, so you curb stomped them a million times. You hit them with a chair, a ladder, a hammer, a toolbox. Like, you tried killing the dude. And at the end of it, he sits up. So when Daniel Bryan kicks him, you're going to expect me to believe he's selling and he's actually... Exactly. Hurt. You know, it was they, they... I don't know why they do it with Bray. They pigeonhole themselves and paint themselves into a corner with this dude where they don't think for the future. They're like, this would be badass if we do this right now. Well, then later on when something else happens, it's like, dude, he almost died and walked out of there. Right. But, like, who's going to beat him? Exactly. There's no, there's no forethought into six months down the line yeah everything is we gotta it was like a russo thing we we, we gotta book week to week yeah. it's gotta be you can't do that anymore no. you don't have competition you can build shit out for six months if, like if you go back and watch the network from like 89 you see like rick rude and the ultimate warrior working three out of the four major papers like three quarters of the year they're in a feud granted they're not on tv every week but like yeah that told a story from where like he had the title, he beat Rude, he lost it at Mania, he got it back. Yep. And then later on when Warrior was the champion, they could go back to that. Like it was like better storytelling back in the Absolutely. Day. You, you had to stretch shit out. That mega powers thing was a year mm-hmm. from being a team to hating each other and main eventing a mania. That mm-hmm. was a year. It was more than that. It, yeah, they you're right. Kinda, well, yeah, it was kind of like WrestleMania 4, they were they kind of got together or yeah. whatever. And then WrestleMania 5, it was over. Then they still hated each other after that. Because mm-hmm. then they had uh, with Zeus. And so it was like a good year and a half where these guys were feuding. Absolutely. And it was the it was great. It was. You go back and watch, it was so good. I think it's tough because now you have, what, 12 hours of wrestling television a week? Mm-hmm. And it, that's the tough part. <laughs> um, but I think that's also where they might not be utilizing the network as well as they should. Um, all right, we're going to take a, our, our, our only break here. When we come back, we'll do the second half. Um, we're not going to do a long, long show this week because we're going to have a long one next week. And we're just kind of bringing you guys in and catching you guys up on what's going on. 
Uh, I'm Chrissy Francesco. That's Kyle Barone. This is the hot tag. We are back. And if you guys want to get um, some pretty badass wrestling apparel, please trust me. Go to collarandelbow.com. When you guys go there, anything you get, when you get the checkout, use the code hot tag, one word, H-O-T-T-A-G. You guys get 10% off your order. Um, and trust me, guys, it's, it's great stuff. I have quite a few um, pieces of, uh, uh, of apparel from Collar and Elbow. Uh, my favorite one is uh, they have this thing from from the uh, bad, it's a Bad Street USA, but it's uh, and I love it. It's Bad Street CXE, and it's a, a play obviously off of uh, the fabulous Freebirds uh, from the '80s. It's one of my favorite things that they've ever come out with. Um, I got the same shirt. Oh, that's right, you do. <laughs> and I use the tag for myself, and it makes no <laughs> sense. Um, but all right, we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about what was announced by Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman on Raw. Uh, I think it's a very interesting dynamic there, and we're gonna talk about that. Uh, and kind of wrap things up. So we will be right back in just a few moments. Welcome back, Hot Tag. Uh, I'm Christy Francisco. That's Kyle Barone. All right, Kyle. So um, last night on Raw, we started things off with a, a nice little appearance, the first of 2020 for Brock Lesnar. Um, and it was announced that he who is the Universal Champion. For those who actually don't know who the champion actually is on Monday Night Raw, it is Brock Lesnar. Um, Paul Heyman announced that the WWE Universal Champion will be entering the men's Royal Rumble match at the end of the month. However... He's not only in the match, he's entering number one. Um, what were your thoughts when you heard it? And two, what, what do you think the reason is behind this? Are they building? Do they not have anything else for Brock to do? So is he defend? Is it like the it's, title's on the line? Or is no. As of, as of now, they haven't said the title's on the line. So they used to do that all the time back in the day anyway. Like Hogan would be in it mm. and he's a champ. But um, – uh, like I said to you when I first heard it, I was like, I hope he doesn't come in at one and he just throws it. Like, next guy comes, throws him out. He just stands, jumps. Next guy. And it's, you know, we're into like entering 14 and it's just him still in the ring. That's not what the World Rumble's about. That's boring. I want to see multiple people in there. I want to see the clusterfuck that is a packed ring. I don't mm-hmm. like But uh, that fan made picture of him and Kevin Lee. Oh. Would be great. Yeah. Kevin Lee's over as fuck. And he can work. And he's a monster. <laughs> yeah. He's like one of the only dudes when out of the, in the whole company that when standing next to Brock, Brock doesn't dwarf. Yeah. Like he's, granted, he's like a heavy dude, but mm-hmm. he's still a big guy. Drew McIntyre's close to that. No, that's There's a couple. Like there's Braun, a couple. Drew, right. Him. Like there are some monsters, but it's, um, I think it'd be cool if, like, yeah, Brock comes in and then it's like, some guy no one gives a shit about he beats him then like three four you get the crowd booing because they see where this is going it's like Brock's just gonna kill everybody by himself Mm -hmm. and then Kevin Lee's music hits or Drew McIntyre's music hits so now you got this other monster that's what we want to see yeah granted right now Lashley's not in a place for it because Lashley and Brock something we want to say but he's in another storyline we won't discuss (laughs) no I'm not talking about that Um, (laughs) so I don't know if like if it'd be a good way to build a a match for WrestleMania um, if someone comes in and throws Brock out like they did with Goldberg. Would you Yeah. Would you do something uh, see I don't know if it's then you know you're, um, it doesn't matter they, they, they pay Brock by the minute so they, it's would you do something like where you would put Brock in at one and then have a Keith Lee come in at two and throw him out right away? 
I would like a Maven Undertaker shock type of thing. Yeah, it would be, it would be cool to see because I mean, like, we're the fans. We know that. Like, it would be like, okay, Brock's gonna come in and destroy people. Right. Next one's a monster, and he gets that oh shit look on his face. Yeah. And Keith Lee comes out. They have a little exchange. You know, they actually wrestle for a little bit. Maybe have. I don't know some under like a fucking Buddy Murphy come out or Zack Ryder get your comedy spot in where he like you know tries to beat these dudes and they're just fuck out of here um, and then they go back and then it'll be that shock thing yeah where even if it's like Brock has Keith Lee on the ropes and he runs the clothes on he ducks and throws him over and mm-hmm. you'll get a great pop out of that I agree it'll establish Keith Lee on the main roster as like oh shit he eliminated the Undertaker you know um, that'd be cool what they'll probably do <laughs> is something... He's going to eliminate want. 20 dudes. Yeah. Or like Cain Velasquez will come out again mm-hmm. and eliminate them and they'll go have some garbage title match at Mania for that, which I think that's running its course. Why? I, I agree. I think, you know, at some point, you know, with this Brock thing, I really don't even know what to expect, which is cool because it's, it's very rare. The last time I was shocked by something in WWE was when Goldberg... Beat Brock in twelve in a, seconds yeah, that was or in nuts. a minute. That was insanity. At first, you're like pissed, like oh sh- crap, we wait all this time and it's over. And then mm-hmm. like you let it sink in, like that was pretty shocking. Dude, that was like awesome. that was cool. Yeah. That was great booking because mm-hmm. um, that actually set the tone for good a good storyline for the next <laughs> you know couple matches. So um, I think with this Brock thing, I think it's interesting. It's odd that I guess you could say you are right. Back in the day, it didn't matter if you were a champion or not. You're in the Rumble, mm-hmm. where but now where the Rumble has such a powerful meaning to it. I don't know if maybe next week there's going to be a circumstance where the title is on the line. Like whoever does eliminate him, that means he would have to last 29, because yeah. then they, whoever they would want to do something to would bring 30. Would be 30. Or would they do like Brock comes in? And whoever can eliminate him gets a title shot. That could be it. And if, but then, and if someone else wins the rumble, they get the pick. You know what I mean? Like it's that almost tells me that Roman will win the the will win the rumble because I think they're building towards a Roman Bray Wyatt motherfucker. So this is all set up for Roman to win. Of course it is. (laughs) It's funny because we actually haven't heard about Roman in like a year, which is also super odd. He's your biggest star I guess technically other than you know part time guys and he's wrestling King Corbin for four months yeah um, which is kind of good because I think it took years but like they shoved him down our throats and the fans pushed back so when he came back from cancer or whatever they didn't go give him title and we're good you know agreed there's kind of slow building him and he is over more than he was before like when his uh, music hits, people get a. It's not just a straight boo across the board. That's true too. It, um, I would like to see something of Roman where he really invests himself. Look, if if the WWE is really going to start building up some ratings, they gotta. And we'd say this at nauseum. They have to give the the crowd. A, someone to invest in and it seems to me that the two guys in the company that are kind of locker room leaders that we hear is Seth and Roman Seth is on a down spot right now where nobody really cares even though he's a good heel so he, he's a good heel Roman is Roman Reigns and I don't know what they're doing with him um, I don't know if Daniel Bryan can get back to where he was I know the crowd is still he's super over Um but he's not a believable champion right now because you're building Bray Wyatt still. Mm-hmm. So I, you can't 
convince me that that Daniel Bryan can beat Bray Wyatt right now. Uh, You can't. He's the same size as Finn Balor, and he destroyed, I mean, to the most part, destroyed Finn Balor. So that's not believable to me right now. So you give me a guy like Roman Reigns, who's 6'5", 260, Sure. Yeah, I think that guy can do some damage, yeah. um, and it's and it's it's Roman. I can see that being their their goal for WrestleMania. So the Rumble this year is kind of up in the air, which is pretty cool. Um, we'll probably know a lot more as the weeks go on. These are usually this is the month where I don't read spoilers. Yeah, yeah because I mean it was basically made known publicly on Twitter and, and and Instagram and all those social media platforms that Edge is, you know, been at the PC and Edge is, you know, he's in incredible shape. Yeah. He's like they said it like basically all but clear, but he's gonna get the clearance. Look, if he does show up at the Rumble, that'll be friggin' amazing. If they hold off until Mania, to me, that's I mean even better. I mean you're yeah. building that suspense. Um, or hold off to like a month before Mania because I don't know what he'll do. Obviously, we don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of ways they can go with this Rumble with with Lesnar. Um, I really hope it's to build somebody new. And like you said, I think if you're gonna push a guy like Lee, you gotta do it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, your show—it's not like he's on this network show. He's on USA Network on NXT, so people know who he is. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what you gotta do, and. And he's getting himself over. He really is. He doesn't talk. No. He's just a big dude that can work. Yep. And you, like, my buddy, uh, one of my friends was texting me. He was watching NXT for the first time in a while. And uh, he was saying something. He's like, yeah, I really don't know any of these guys. And then Kevin Lee comes out, and he's like, who's this fat dude? I was like, watch. I was like, he can work for being a big guy. I was like, yeah, he's that big, but he can he can fucking go. Yeah, he can. That's awesome, and then that, that that's uh, I'm looking forward uh, to that uh, hands down. So before we wrap things up, um, to kind of preview what's to come next week, we're going to do the 2001 Royal Rumble. Uh, the week after that, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, that's when something. Is the Rumble this year, January 29th. Oh, so it's towards the end of the month. Yeah, okay. and you actually are off, which is good. Yeah, right now. <laughs> As of right now, a lot of things can change. Uh, and then after that, what what we talked about was we we could pick a wrestler. Let's just say we want to do Eddie Guerrero in two thousand four, which was basically the year he became the WWE Undisputed Champion. Um, so definitely that's something we're going to talk about. And it's going to be like what you hear on Something to Wrestle, but from a completely different point of view and from a different take. It basically, you know, and it's going to be what we watched. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to talk about a guy from 1984. I wasn't born. I don't even know if you were born. Yeah, I was one. You were one. So I'm not sure what knowledge base you have. No. I mean, we have knowledge base because we watch it, but we don't know anything. I, I kind of want to take people back into where we really understood wrestling and how what we thought at the time what they could do better um, and just how awesome it was and then we can kind of parlay it into maybe what worked then could work now or what maybe didn't work then could work now yeah. it's a, it's Which literally is, like what I love about the network is like I told you I was never the biggest Eddie Guerrero fan watching it same but I watch now and I'm like he's fucking good you go back even further than that when you're a kid. I never liked DiBiase, Rick Rude. Same. Because they're bad guys. Correct. You go back and watch their work. Like, like love them. Dude, these promos are great. The working's great. The selling's great. So you can appreciate these guys that 
Yeah. Like if the network wasn't there and I couldn't go back and watch things, I'd just grow up being like, no, I hated that guy. He sucked. Yeah. I was like, no, he sucked because I was eight and he it's, was going after Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's crazy because I wasn't a big fan of like the cruiserweights growing up because I was – I liked the characters. <clears throat> I liked Hulk, the NWO. I liked Sting. I love Sting. So – And you Nick, don't want to see dudes that are the size of your dad. <laughs> like, I want to see – Hulk Hogan's a monster. Right. That's, that's my guy. Right. Yeah. It's a body business, pal. <laughs> So, so to me, it's you guys are seeing Rey Mysterio now at forty five, ripping it. I mean, his match last night with 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 Andrade was incredible. I mean, they tore it up. Two more I can watch every week. I really, I really could. And just to let you guys know, I didn't appreciate Mysterio until like his last return because mm-hmm. I'm thinking wow look what he's doing at his age and what and what that body that little body has gone through yeah. I began going back to watching his matches against Eddie and Dean Malenko holy moly like those guys just flat out could work yeah, you'll see these clips that'll pop up on Twitter or something it's like a minute and a half from WCW and you're like yo watch this it's Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko or like yeah or uh, Benoit, Benoit and, 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 and Eddie Steers. yeah like, that whole group of guys and you're just like, holy shit! Yeah. Like, how good was that? And how fast? How f- yeah. And then the main events, Piper and Hogan, and you're like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> you, you, you look back now, you go, I should have been paying attention to these little 180 pound dudes. And Jericho said that too. He was like, back when he was in WCW, he's like, our mid card was way better than WWF's mid card, but our main events were Hogan and Piper, right? And Brett and Shaw. So it was like you couldn't, from an in-work, in-ring work standpoint, you couldn't, they were totally opposite. Right. It'd but be- then you'd have Duke the Dumpster and fucking Doink, <laughs> you know, as your mid-card, <laughs> mid-card match. Because it's crazy because in the mid-late 90s, it was still character driven. Mm-hmm. It was re- it was reality based, but it was character. Yeah, you know, it was Hollywood Hogan and Sting, and then on the other side, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart. It was still character driven, yeah. and that's people love the big what what WCW. What Eric Bischoff? He doesn't get enough credit for it. What Eric Bischoff did in those those cruiserweights, there would be no. Indie scene, there'll be no AEW. There'll be no, there'll be no room for an Omega or a Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. They'd just be looked at as stuntmen that just do flips and flops. I mean, people look at it now. They would be jobbers now. But what those guys did, man, I mean, they were. 20 years ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. It was it's incredible to go. I love going back and watching that stuff. Um, but no, uh, Kyle, thank you very much, man. It's glad to have you back. <laughs> Unfortunately, you. I have to work around his schedule. That sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all right though. So next week we are gonna have the watch along of the uh, Royal Rumble. We're gonna have to do this on a weekend. Yeah. Like, because I'm gonna have to plan it around the nap time of my yeah. wife and my kid. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out like I work. I'm off this week. I work next weekend, but I got some days off during the week. I will figure it out. The cool thing about podcasts is we're not date driven with the rumble. So I can record this tomorrow and I can put it out. We can put it out next week. So, um, so that's going to be awesome. Also guys, send your questions in. If you want to, we'll do a Q and a episode in a couple weeks. Cause whenever I say, let's do Q and a, my email floods and my, my timelines flood with questions. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, so we're very much looking forward to next week, talking about equally our favorite, uh, rumble match and pay-per-view where we go from there. I don't know. We might, 
might even just talk about that, you know, the 2001 Stone Cold Steve Austin and what that whole year really brought us and, and that led to uh, Rock Austin 2 at the Astrodome. Uh, so thank you guys very much. If you want to follow us on social media, I am at CDFran24 on Twitter. I believe that's correct. And uh, you are uh, Kyle BAR42. Yeah. There you go. I tag him enough on everything on Twitter. I, I should memorize. You know my handle better than I <laughs> So uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, we are so happy to be back. This is going to be a normal occurrence thing. This is now part of the Fusion Podcast Network that I have. I have another show that I do um, that I think we're doing a show. If we're not doing a show this week, we're definitely doing one next week. Uh, so look out for updates on that. Thank you guys so much for your consistent support, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, this is the hot tag. I am Chrissy Francesco. That is uh, Kyle Barone, and we will catch you all down the road. Have a good rest and, uh, of your week and weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.